with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International with all the information that you never knew or even wanted to. I am Ron Kohler, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink, and with me all the way across the cold and frigid Atlantic Ocean. From the land of the Red Dragon is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Stephen Parsons. Watcher. Watcher? Well, it's like the American, it's the British version of saying, um, what's up? Uh, watcha. Watcher. There you go. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so... Oh, I've got uh, a happy bunny tonight. Why? What happened? Well, it was until half an hour ago. Well, I'm just, you know, it, Christmas is coming. Thought I'd sell a few copies of the guidance notes. Did a big push out on um, all the social media, linking it to the Amazon thing. And then they got several messages back saying it's not available on Amazon. So I had a quick look. And indeed, it's gone again. Oh, shame. So that's something to fix for tomorrow. That's what happens when you only have one source of uh, sales. Uh, well, actually, there are several, but Amazon being the biggest, that was the one I linked to. So I was a shotgun waste it. Of time. Shotgun it, send a whole bunch of links. Shotgun bloody Amazon. Anyway, they're bigger than you are. Yeah, and they don't care. Exactly. So, anyways, Ghost Chronicles, I don't know if it's available. I'm sure it is. But anyway, you know what? The funny thing about Amazon, too, is their ranking. I get a big kick out of that because they rank it, like, to the minute. I know. <laughs> so it's, it should be, like, number one and then yeah. number 600,000. <laughs> I, I noticed if you sell one copy, um, depending on which category you're in, you know, one copy and you suddenly bounce to the top of the rankings. Oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Go, so yeah you is... I'm number one. And then you screenshot the number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they go, hey, I'm number one in sell- selling ranking on Amazon. Or it won't be in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But such is the world we live in. It is, it is, it is. When yeah. they actually put the books on. I mean, the, do you know, I, I don't know why they're not available. Because they were this afternoon. They sold out. No, it's not that. It's so, I think it's some technical glitch. I bet you they sold out. Everybody uh, wants a copy of well, they should spontaneous be, but, note. Uh, yeah, they whatever should, they the hell should it is. be. But I think what it is, I, I remember, if I remember back to Ghostology, um, there was a similar glitch that just happened out the blue, and then it just fixed itself after a few days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether it's a time nothing, of year. nothing fixes yourself. I hate to tell you that nothing well, fixes itself. I didn't do anything to rectify it. Um, Amazon does. Amazon do, does when they yeah. feel like it. When they anyway. feel like, it. yeah. After they've taken the the pound of flesh. So have you uh, set up your uh, author page so that people can see oh, what you're up yes, to? Oh yes, I I have an author page. Oh, excellent. I've had an author page since Paracoustics. 
Oh, I will have to check that out because I've never seen it really. It's, anyway. it's not very different than the social media page. <laughs> In fact, it's identical. Oh, well, such it is. Anyway. Well, you know how good I am at marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you sold three books for in like two days. I mean, I mean, you written three books in a year or something, a crazy, stupid uh, thing. Yeah, well, that was your fault. I did sell three at the Red Light Seance, which was quite good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They weren't expecting that. No. And, and if you can't get a copy from Steve, you can certainly get a copy from me. I have a signed copy that's available to anyone who's got the money. So there you go. Still? Yeah, like nobody wants uh, it. I, I, I thought, I, hang on a minute, I thought Cody wanted that. Nobody wants it. Uh, Cody specifically said to bag it, 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 to keep that one remaining last copy with you, and he would have it off you. You've just forgotten to take it down to East Bridgewater, haven't you? No, I carry it every That's... time, but no, no, nobody wants it. Anyways, I got stuck with it, so there you go. I'll give it away along with Cal's uh, telephone uh, calls from the dead. I'm, not a problem. I will not. I will, ref- I will, I will refund too. you the... I it's will mine refund- now. I paid for it. Uh, I'll refund you the money. You're not giving it oh, away. Too late. Right? Too late. I'm giving that baby away. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can say I give it away with... Hey, hey, and Richard, and Richard Felix, what is it? Yeah, going? I'm going to do a freebie. I'm going to do a freebie giveaway tonight. If anybody wants a slightly dog-eared copy of More Ghost Chronicles, I know that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that's Sign. just retribution. Signed in crayon. <laughs> just retribution, no problem. I, I yeah, expect that. You see. Yeah, you're, you're like an open book passage, you are. Yeah, but I can retaliate. So, anyways, next week we yeah. have our, our great special show with uh, the girls take over the station. We do. Our, it's our night off. Mm-hmm. Except I won't be. I'll be here. Uh, what, you don't trust Jen? No. Oh, you see, I don't want to hear what they get up to, so I always... Oh, I do. I'll, I'll keep an eye on them, make sure they don't give away any of the trade cigarettes. Yeah, I, I leave the room. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so, I anyways, the uh, news newsletter from the New England Ghost Project is out, and... Uh, uh, if you don't get it, you probably should. Uh, it's free. Uh, we'll send it right to your smartphone or your uh, PC, and uh, it's got a lot of interesting stuff in it. Uh, great, this... great advert for um, an, in, an interesting interview with uh, the authors of More Ghost Chronicles. That's right. We have a great uh, yeah. book of the month is More Ghost Chronicles, and we have a, a, uh, a conversation with Maureen and Ron. Also, we uh, interviewed Kathy from the New Circles of Wisdom, uh, we have a, a brand new cemetery tripping from my dear friend Ann Kerrigan, and I wish her well. She's recovering from a surgery, and I also have an a interesting article from Beyond uh, the Book of Bazaar. We have a story on the ghost Christmas tree, and wait, there's more: the history of the candy cane, and even a little blip on cards on. Uh, uh, Christmas cards. So that's all intermingled with a few ads about upcoming events that we have coming up too. So there you go. It's all there, free, 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 free. Anyway. Hey, you could do a conversation with the author of uh, the guidance notes. That guy from the SPL. That'd be boring as hell. Those British are so like boring. Oh my god. You if you can't, the... if you if if you listen to them, okay, they, they, everybody Googleizes them because oh, they got that accent. But you put it in in English, let's say. Oh, 
they fall asleep in about five minutes when they listen to them. But really? Anyways, yeah, that's British. The British. You know what a psychic medium? Dry. You know what a trance medium is? Oh, uh, what is it? No, that's what your line is, isn't it? Oh, it is a trance medium. Well, you tell us. That's what you ask everybody during your talks. Oh. Your, talk, your talks are so predictable that you can actually do them alongside you. Anyways, it's like a, it's like a uh, movie I, I that you've seen told fifty that, times. Uh, Pararex is not broadcasting. Uh, hopefully, oh. Tojanet has sent over the signal because they're not getting it there. Uh, so, hopefully, uh, Ben or Roy or whoever the hell it is over there can rectify that. John wants to know how rich it is. He's your mate. You tell. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> he he was actually on. Um, he was doing a Facebook Live the other day, so I know he is alive. Um, on sex with ghosts. Finally, I'm still waiting for his other one, which is, of course. Uh, well, he's on that age now. Toilets, haunted toilets. That's that was his big book last time I spoke with. Ah, yeah. With the toilets flushed with success because you know he is the inventor of the the, the water tape theory it's... absolutely yeah uh, which i stole off him <laughs> so anyway I'm, I'm not i'm not proud to admit that anyway uh, oh no wait it was the other way around wasn't it i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh... so there we go so uh, that being said, uh, the you know I used to have this guy, British guy, used to write for my newsletter, but he gave up. Actually, I had two of them, but it's the British they can't they can't hack the heat. You know, uh, right out of the kitchen. I don't recall being asked this month. <laughs> you which don't have asked. Which was which was a relief. Yeah, it's like it's like you write them anyways. I can't remember the last ones. Uh, well, you see, they're always know, like, oh, do you know well, why? I'll do it. I'll do it. And yeah, after the after the debacle of the Tembi video, I swore I'd never do it else again. Tembi, that's playing tonight. Oh, you double, double feature. Hang on, we we've you've you oh, had no. new audio for that in September. It's now December, and we're still flogging that old one to death. No, well, there you go. No, anyway. well, no, well. Was that a Christmassy joke then? Yeah, it was. You just said no well. I did. No well. Right. Yeah, it's the old the old joke, you know, what do they call a hole in the ground? No well, no well. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so, that being said... Hang on, uh, we've got another question in the chat room. Is he doing at Derby Jail or Derby Jail? Derby Jail. Yeah, you see, there's that weird spelling thing, isn't it? Because the British can uh, spell jail two ways. Uh, G G A O. Can't spell jail. Here we can. No, you can't. Derby D Derby D E R B Y. Derby is an A. Derby da da. Not in English. Not in English. How do you say da? D A. Not Derby. Derby. It's Derby Jail. Well, anyway, jail. We use we use interchangeably two spellings. Um, the old, the older spelling G A O L, or the more recent spelling of J A I L, and they're interchangeable. So you stole it from us, huh? So they're both perfectly correct. You're finally, you correcting the King's English. Well, it, what tends to happen is the uh, nowadays we tend to use them to differentiate between the older jails, the ones that are sort of like Dartmoor. And Wormwood Scrubs, you know, the old sort of classic red brick uh, Victorian 
jails. Um, like Richard, Richard Felix's little jail. Uh, yeah, well, it's more of a basement, but um, yeah. <clears throat> I've got three rooms. Um, What's about you, it? Uh, I think it's commercial premises. Offices. Really? So he, he just owns the basement? It is. The, so, yeah, it is the basement. Well, because the original jail, which occupied the site, was flattened um, and the new building put on uh, top of it. Uh, well, I say new building. It's still quite an old building. But um, after they flattened the jail, um, they left intact the basement, which was then for a time used as a nightclub. Um but some of the original fittings and fixtures remained, and some were shipped in from other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, to return to the spelling, so G-A-O-L, or Gale, or Goal, oh. Goal, as you Americans insist on saying, um, refers to... Once again, it's D-O, Goal, yeah. not Gale. But it's G-A-O-L. Whatever. Well, anyway, uh, so that does tend to refer to the old red brick Victorian or the old-fashioned jails. Uh, and the J-A-I-L, we tend to look now at the, the new sort of more recent uh, sort of concrete structures and prefabricated monstrosities that they're building these days. So, uh, yeah, so it's both interchangeable. You can use either. Oh, we have a question for you. Okay. Where? And told you that. Oh, well, I'm not. Have we? Yes. Anyways. Giant oh, here you go. Yeah. Uh, it's only just popped up on mine. On Most Haunted, when they finally capture a ghost on camera, what is your opinion? Fake. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> when so they all, finally oh, wait a capture... All the times that, that Most Haunted has been on the air for how many seasons, they've never captured a ghost. They've never had a oh, ghost. Oh, they have. Oh, they absolutely have. Uh, right the way back to the very early series when they caught the bottom half of a... Well, they claim to have caught the bottom half of a figure in the Theatre Royal in London. Um, when Yvette and most of the rest of the crew famously ran away. Um, they, I think, most recently in the I last series... Uh, no, he wasn't there then. Oh. This was in the days of Matt Smith. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> And then most recently in the last series, they captured a full-blown apparition of Stuart. Yeah, that happened. Um, but they stuck to their guns. They have they have made the claim on a number of occasions. On each occasion, there has been insufficient evidence presented um, to substantiate their claim. And in fact, on several occasions, there has been sufficient evidence to completely debunk their claim, which is a great shame because, you know... It's devalued the program, this, these, these periodic claims. Now, inevitably, there's a, always a lack of evidence. But I'm, I was always a bit frustrated by that because having been on the show, I know exactly how many cameras um, are usually available and in use at any one time. But I also know that there were several camera shots that were that almost never present, that weren't presented, that would have... Um, demonstrated one way or the other uh, Interesting. the solution, but they decided not to use the footage from other cameras, which would, oh, have settled, which would have settled the question. Probably because it would have settled the question in a way that they didn't want it settled. Mm-hmm. If, you know, though, in, in all fairness, all those shows, they've got footage out there that's saying, 
you know, this has happened, this has happened, you know, look at here's the wire, here's, here's this, here's that, you know, it's, it's whatever. I don't know. So well, the thing, the thing is, they can't, they can't um, really debunk themselves, can they? Because it would, it would damage the the viewing figures. True, true. And all, and also, they can't really substantiate a ghost claim because, well, let's face it, it would be incredibly difficult on the basis of photography alone, because you would, you have that problem these days at, at how very simple it is to to create or fake uh, a ghost photograph or even a ghost video. It can be done on a smartphone in, in mere seconds. So photographic evidence, and that's one of the problems. I was asked recently about um, uh, equipment and how it's used and how, and how it can, you can gain substantive, substantive evidence for uh, paranormal claims. And one of the uh, areas that we talked about was the advances in technology and is it being helpful well, of course, yes, in some areas it is helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But in other areas, like photography, we have our, our, uh, the technical revolution in photography has meant that we can now obtain images under extreme lighting conditions, you know, near darkness, and in fact, in complete darkness, mm-hmm. of very high quality. The oh, prob- absolutely. The problem being is that at the same time, the technology... Um, that allows people to edit and to superimpose over photographs and videos has increased at, at an equal exponential rate and diminished the, the validity of anything that's been obtained by, by cameras. Uh, and so we've got to this situation where, where photography, we have never had such advanced cameras and video cameras, but equally the evidential value of any photograph is now always seriously questioned because of uh, or, you know the ease and the simplicity at which the, uh, the photographs can be can be faked right. so you know, it would i i don't i don't foresee now how a photograph can actually be evidential i'm actually thinking of going back to old film photography myself well, we still have a couple of 35mm cameras. Yeah, uh, I just haven't been using them, you know. it's. I, I think I'm going to try it next investigation. Yeah, I mean, films, you can still buy films. I mean, it is expensive, but... It is, and one of the great... I, I mean, one of the great advances of digital photography was that you could, you know, take... Shoot as many photos yeah. as you wanted. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it opened up the opportunity for, as the quality improved, and to the to the extent that we are now where it can match and even surpass 35 millimeter mm-hmm. um but we've got this big 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 problem um we'd lack a negative and unless you're using a very specialist forensic uh software that can in- interrogate the data file itself rather than looking at the image uh you would it's very very difficult to ascertain uh if any enhancement or if any manipulation of the picture has taken place whereas in the old days you had the negative which was the original piece of celluloid or glass and you could compare that to the subsequent prints made from it um but it does require um you know way more lavish software than than mere photoshop or one of these other simple photo editing to look at uh, the actual file itself and the 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 um, 
the individual sort of bits and bytes that make up the data. Because, you know, a digital photograph isn't actually a picture anymore. It's just a stream of digital data. Uh, and the only way to sure it happens to our brain. Yeah. And, I, you know, it, it does require a huge amount of uh, very expensive software to interrogate this, to find out if there has been a manipulation. And that's way beyond the... And, you get, you know, I was looking the other day on, on social media and somebody put the usual nonsense about, well, we've had this analysed. Mm-hmm. And again, they don't say how. They say, oh, it's been analysed oh. by, by, by three pro they photographers. Gave, they gave it to Joe and uh, yeah. somebody, Joe, uh, well, Joe, Joe's took a look got a, at it. Joe's got an expensive camera and he's been doing photography for 10 years. And... Yeah, he's a wedding photographer. Well, it doesn't matter what he is. You know, he photographs I'm just birds, saying, that's what he's doing. So that's, yeah. that's what makes him so, an expert. So, yeah, and what did he... Uh, they never tell you how it was how it was analysed. I mean, was it analysed by peering at it on a screen? Was it... And, you know, I've actually sat down with, with uh, investigators whilst they're doing the analysis. Um, and basically, it involves loading the picture into Photoshop and then dragging the sliders backwards and forwards until it looks like what they thought it... You know, what they wanted it to be in the first place. You know, they, they spend hours dragging the sliders up and down. Then they turn it into negative. The lightness and darkness, don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And they always turn it into negative for some bizarre reason because they think, you know, looking at it in negative will make it better. Um, now, if they already have this preconceived notion that it's a figure or a face or a demon or an angel or... I mean... They, 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 they will spend hours tinkering around till it finally looks like what they think it thought it looked like at the start. And then they, then they'll you know say, oh, we've analysed it. It's complete BS. Now we had a uh, a, uh, a gentleman who wrote a book on our show. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name offhand. I believe it is. Mm, I can't think of it. But he did uh, breakthrough in ghost. Oh, Tim Scullion. I uh, did breakthrough in ghost photography in historic Williamsburg, Virginia. And he's written a second book out. When we could definitely have him on the show if we wanted to, but uh, he he gets images in uh, for the most part reflected surfaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, although I see other places as well. And I mean, you look at some of these images, and they they're very much very clear, like a picture of a person's face or or whatever, mm-hmm. and. It intrigues me in that because they are so good that you say, wow, that's that's really cool. But then again, I think about it and say, uh, you know, if you take a reflective surface and, and just keep <clears throat> shooting it at different angles and at different lights, you're bound to get something. Absolutely. But you know what? It comes back to the point I made earlier. It doesn't matter whether it's actually a full blown, you know, a real genuine apparition. Because if you take that picture, you have you can't demonstrate that there's been no manipulation. And so there is always this question mark that will hang over it, even if it is an absolutely kosher, legitimate um, apparition that oh, appeared. Yeah. This question mark caused by technology has ruined photography and video. As, oh, a, yeah, as, a, as, as an evidence, and yeah, I mean, I take your point. I, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of mirrors and reflective window shots, and you know, where the bounce flashes off things or the light catches it, 
and you know the usual i've never seen a perfectly clear glass glass surface or even for that matter reflective surface um you know it might look clear but you shine a bright light on it. it's like a car windscreen you can see right. through it but you 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 try and see through it when the sun's shining you know at low angle the other way you suddenly realize how filthy the bloody thing is right um and then you, oh, know, you know you know what the answer to that is though steve yeah take that, the window out <laughs> no it is that that that's why they do it that way the dirtier the window the better because of course uh it's like evps they need the white noise to manipulate the the dirtiness in the glass to uh manifest their uh their image well, that's, that's interesting that you raise that, that that very point because we've had a number of uh, discussions with 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 Jim Stonia, um, mm-hmm. who advocates noisy recording because it promotes the uh, the acquisition of electronic voices, and indeed there is some EVP research, researchers that do advocate the addition of noise, white noise or external noise, mm-hmm. um, to uh, increase the ability of the electronic phenomena to be uh, in, in uh, recognizable <laughs> well recognizable or to even occur on the recording at all true, true. whereas whereas i would always argue for the very highest quality recording you know turn everything turn all of your control settings to obtain the very best quality yeah. because you know information is power and the more information you've got the better without right. extraneous noise but. In all fairness to, to Jim, he does use two recordings. He uses the crap-ass one. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying that a, a, a very good that one to make sure that uh, he's not picking up any external signs. Uh, so you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was a discussion that Jim and I were having, you know, uh, the the relative merits of adding noise or, or removing noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly when it comes to sound recording, uh, there is no case at all for a cheap and nasty noisy recorder because what you're after is sound. You know, if somebody can hear footsteps or hear... Right, exactly. Uh, you know, you want you want the very best quality recording. And, mm-hmm. But when it comes to electronic voice phenomena, there are certainly some who would argue for um, a noisy recording to be advantageous. Which is true. So, I mean, it's... it's and, of, of course... And of course, then there's the analog digital debate, isn't there? Whether you know, because most of the best EVPs from the earliest days were analog. using analog tape. Absolutely. You know, digital. So many groups have gone over to digital technology with cameras, with with um, sound, and with you know, and thrown the old analog devices away. Right. Without you know, without considering whether there was an argument to keep the analog because analog might be better than digital, they just slung them out, put them on eBay, and got rid of them, and all bought boo bears. Which is true. Uh, anyways, all right. So I guess hopefully we're rectifying the Parex problem I just saw from the uh, producer, and we are coming close to uh, break time as well. Cool. Uh, so we'll have to take a break. And there's the tunes. You listen to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet and Parax Radio with Steve Foss and Ronald Kolick right here. And we'll be back. We'll have a teller of curious tales. So see you later.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. I think the music stopped. Could now. be paranormal. Could be. But this is Ghost Chronicles International, and this is Ron Cole. Oh, that's not, that is. That's Ron Cole, like I'm Steve Parsons, and uh, it's later. So we're back to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, anyway. apparently they're, um, they're all on fire in East Texas. That's California. No, no. Look, Ben just said we're in a burn ban here. No, 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 no. I thought he said fries. No, it's, he said McDonald's we're in a burn ban. fries. I wasn't we're in a McDonald's burn fries ban. right now. Oh, that's you. <laughs> we're in a burn anyway. ban here in East Texas. It's all forest. I want McDonald's fries. What's that got to do with it? Because he said fries. It made me hungry. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyways, so we have, a, on. we have a new teller of Curious Tales. Do you want to get to it? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Uh, if we do have the Teller of Curious Tales ready, uh, can we play that? If not, then I can talk aimlessly for a couple of minutes while you get it, because I love talking aimlessly. Oh. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. Once each year on the island of Mbenga, a very dramatic and mystifying ceremony is performed. A ceremony in honour of the gods of the harvest. Now the chief article of food in Mbenga is the sweet dracaena root, which must be baked for four days in order to make it edible. This baking takes the form of a ceremonial. 
First, an enormous pit is filled with stones and logs. Then, a hot fire is started, which is allowed to burn until the stones become white hot. Now the ceremony begins. The drummers start with a low, rhythmic beat, which grows louder as the women come in with a wailing chant. The drumming and wailing become louder and faster and faster and louder until it reaches a frenzied crescendo. Then, as suddenly as if it were cut off with a knife, it stops. There is a pause, and from the distance comes the singing of men. But this time, no wailing supplication. This is a song of warriors hurling defiance at their enemies. They march to the pit and leap into its fiery heat. Their walk is slow, unhurried, as they plant their feet squarely and firmly on each stone. They are defying the fire god to do his worst. When the chief feels that the gods of the harvest have been sufficiently honoured and the fire god humiliated, the men march out unharmed, unburned, unmarred. Doctors who haven't seen this ceremony say it can't be done. Doctors who have seen it say it can. Some scientists cry fake. Others frankly admit they haven't the least idea how it is done. The encyclopedia says there has never been a logical explanation and that it's a subject which should be investigated. The savages know why they can do it and their explanation is quite simple. They say that in the dim past a chief of the clan saved one of their gods from drowning and as a reward the chief and his descendants were given this remarkable gift. Gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> I guess episode 21 is the one that we haven't played, not 22 then. I thought that was 23 we just played. No, it's 22. We're going to take a look at it and find out what's going on. Anyway. One that was skipped and then we sent over another batch and I know one's missing, but when he asked me at the start, I said 22. Right. Um, it Typical. must, be, 20, must be 21 that's missing. Speak without getting your back straight. There's no way of... Ch- I no way the way of ch- I have to... Oh, no, you sent it over. This I is what I have to deal got, with. No, yeah, I've got no way of checking. Once it's like a dispatched. regular parapsychologist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. can't be a ghost. Oh, no. No. Well, unfortunately... Why? You didn't see it. Oh, it doesn't matter. I know. I know. That's why. I've dispatched the file... I've got no way of checking the order. Oh, really? Which the Dropbox? Oh, really? Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I could. Are they labeled? Oh, excuse ob- me. Obviously, I know. Which obviously, file, I know which is the right file numbers. 
episode because each episode is individually numbered. However, once they're shared into Dropbox for you and the station, the station download them. Now, if that's played out of order, I've got no way of checking the playing order unless I go back through all the podcasts. They're all labeled. They have labels on them. Do I need to repeat that? Labels. They that's are why you labeled. label things. They are all individually labeled by number. Exactly. If you recall, one episode didn't wouldn't play and was sent twice because the file format uh, from the television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is typical, typical long story to nothing. Anyway, moving on. And why we bother? Yeah, why bother? You know what I mean? Yeah, nobody listens. Nobody listens. Anyway. Right, nobody All right. So, uh, this book here, once again, I'm talking about this ghost photography breakthrough uh, with the guy. This is stuff. Now, I want to talk a little bit about cameras because you are uh, the last I talked to you. Uh, you were thinking about uh, writing a book on uh, cameras and and uh, that type of stuff. Not cameras, but uh, photography, right? Uh, not exclusively photography, but I am. I have started work on paravision. Paravision, is- right? Which is... Which, uh, by the way, you can't use because it's copyrighted. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's Paramount Studios. Uh, well, they can see me. They can see you, absolutely. The easy way around that is we'll just put the full stop in. Tell <laughs> me Paradot Vision. There you go. Problem solved. Mm. Anyway, then, yeah, then but they'll, absolutely... Then they'll throw you off Facebook. But... <laughs> But absolutely yes. Um, the the follow up to Paracoustics, the book that deals with um, vision and the paranormal, um, is underway. So, do you think we should step back in time and, and go back to analog? You know, analog uh, sound recordings, analog uh, video recordings. I absolutely don't think we should rush headlong into a digital area without considering the unanswered questions that we are still hanging over analogue. What is it not? Uh, no, I so said without, uh, without considering the unanswered questions that hang over analogue. For example, if we, if we examine the history of electronic voice phenomena, we have a wealth of recordings uh, that date back to the earlier part of the, 19th, uh, the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of which are analog. Now, if you look at the, the the claims that were made, the techniques that were used, and the equipment that was used, they're very different in their presentation of uh, the evidence uh, and the the way that the the voices seem to come across um, to the modern presentation of electronic voices. What we get nowadays is a lot of people with digital recorders in haunted locations. And you tend to get these very short staccato one word or right. or, or one, you know, not even, you know, sometimes not even a word, um, responses. So, so the, the investigator will ask, what is your name? You're, Argh. oh, that's Alex. Um, <laughs> how many people in the room? Argh. Eight, okay. What you get from the earlier analogs is actual and... You've, we've played the recordings on earlier shows, is you get conversation. You get an interactive conversation where you have a response that is a sentence or at least, you know, um, a partial sentence. Right. And it, 
And also the classification system that was um, promoted by Raudiva, the class A, B, C, right. which related to intelligibility, now seems to be radically misunderstood by modern investigators. Class A EVPs simply relate to ones that they claim are uh, subsistive of their claim to what it's saying. You know, mm -hmm. Class A doesn't refer to um, any intelligibility. It only refers to intelligibility and clarity. Um, it, class B is less, less understandable, and Class C is you know, sort of forget it. Mm -hmm. um, I would argue that if you look at that scale, the rounding the scale of ABC, um, that most modern... Um, electronic voice phenomena don't even make it to class C, let alone, you know, B or, B or A. Uh, but to return to your original point, I absolutely do think that we've, we've shot ourselves spectacularly in the foot by racing forwards into the digital era, particularly in regards to investigation, uh, leaving so many hugely unanswered questions and gaping chasms uh, in, in our knowledge relating to analog but because the the two techniques once you bypass it once you get past the microphone which is common to both uh, are radically different from one another and likewise with digital photography uh, and analog photography using film once you get past the actual lens the two techniques are radically different for example a semiconductor um, camera you know, the charge coupled device or the COMOS device, CMOS, uh, sees light very differently than a piece of chemical doped celluloid film. Mm -hmm. You know, they they respond very differently to to light waves. The the silicon, um, the silver uh, chemicals in that that's doped onto this onto the film responds to a completely different set of wavelengths of light. Um, or responds very differently to the wavelengths of light when compared to the response of a silicon semiconductor. And what you might what you might be doing is missing entirely the cause of the phenomena, or the the reason by which, or the mechanism by which the phenomena has been recorded. We don't see those really good uh, quality images of uh, apparitions, you know, claimed apparitions, like the Sylvie Monk, like the um, one from the cemetery in Illinois, like we had Basis so many. Waves. Uh, yeah, we we had so many really challenging uh, pictures that, that had people genuinely scratching their heads and saying, you know, it, they were sent to Kodak, they were sent to Ilford and all manner of other uh, companies for their for their. Um, and left the experts, many of the experts, baffled as to how the thing, how the image got onto the piece of film. With digital, we don't see the quality of apparitions being photographed. Now, what we don't know is, is that because silicon is responding differently, or is it because um, the the technique is now so widely used mm -hmm. in terms of it may have been a fraudulent apparition uh, originally, or it may have been 
a glitch in the analog technology. It may have been a glitch in the way that the silver halide uh, chemistry was responding to light. Yeah, we just we just don't know. Uh, I and mean, go ahead. We we won't know because there are now so very few groups and investigators using analog methods. Mm -hmm. And and if you don't get the results you want with a regular camera, you can of course break it and and get <laughs> Yeah, you rip you rip the infrared set uh, because what what isn't well known with digital particularly um, is that in front of that semiconductor you have to um, to make it work you have to put an infrared blocking filter. Um, because otherwise, all your pictures would come out weird colors because the inf the uh, silicon semiconductor sees infrared light naturally. It has a it has a sensitivity to infrared that that ordinary film doesn't have. And if you don't block the infrared out, all of your pictures come out a weird purpley, pinky, blue color. Uh, the color looks very uh, you know unnatural, and pe Spooky. people wouldn't like the photographs. Well, they look spooky. But, of course, if you want to see into uh, extended range, extended spectrum photography, uh, then what you have to do is you have to remove that infrared blocking filter, which is normally a sliver of uh, filter material that's actually bonded to the front of the semiconductor. Mm -hmm. um, some cameras have it um, in a way that's removable, like the night vision cameras. They can have it flip up and flip down. Um but it's absolutely essential to normal photography because otherwise the sky would be purple. Right. Trees would have pink leaves and people wouldn't like their digital photographs very much. Unless you do them ghost hunting. The other weird thing that you get a lot of is that there's quite a lot of photographers now photographing um, by using banks of coloured LEDs. There's a guy over here in the UK that does it. He he adds, you know, like huge banks of red, pure red LEDs and pure blue red uh, LEDs and pure green LEDs mm -hmm. um, and then takes a photograph. And what's well, the purpose of that? Well, it, the purpose is he thinks that that will enhance his chances of capturing an anomaly. Um, well, of course, for, first of all, the basic mistake is that with modern digital photography, you can actually do that after you've captured all of the available light, regardless of its color, because you can selectively look at all of the different wavelengths of light uh, simply by looking at the red, the green, the blue, the magenta, the cyan, whichever layer you want to look at. Mm -hmm. You will only see those, those particular wavelengths of light. So you don't need to put it in. You just need to take it out. Caligan. Yeah. And of course, if you're only if you're looking at something in such an unnatural way, and we get this problem with thermal imaging, uh, when you look at a thermograph, you're not looking at a photograph, but you're seeing a pictorial representation of the infrared emissions um, from, from a, a, a reflecting body or an emitting mm -hmm. body. But the presentation of it in a pictorial sense looks like a, photo a photograph which we are very familiar with. And, of course, then we impose all of those problems. That, you know, we all know what a photograph looks like. We all know what that scene looks like. We all know what that famous locker door uh, in the lighthouse looked like. But all of a sudden, the numbers on the, lo on the locker door are glowing in a very unnatural way. And we immediately presume that that's an anomaly, when in actual fact it's merely a normal uh, portrayal of the scene that within the pictograph, within the thermograph, 
because more infrared light is being reflected or emitted from a, uh, a particular part of the scene. It's rather like looking at um, a rock, uh, like a, like one of these fluorescent rocks. When you look at it in daylight, it looks like a boring, grubby, grey rock, and you recognise it immediately as a rock. But when you look at it under uh, long wave, uh, sorry, short wave, ultraviolet light, the thing can be crazy colours. It can be glowing bright, brighter than a, a neon tube. And if you show that to somebody who... It does, it's not... A, in many cases, it's not immediately recognisable as a rock. Mm-hmm. Because we're trained to see things in a particular way. In daylight, our eyes see from around uh, uh, 380 nanometers down to about 700 nanometers. So, so the the user of these cameras would say that we are recording in that range because that's where spirits dwell in that range and uh, we can capture them better if we we do that. That would be their argument. Well, and it's a very weak argument because if they're there saying that somebody has reported seeing an apparition um, and therefore they, they take the full spectrum camera into the location and they start snapping away with this camera that's looking up into the infrared and sometimes into the ultraviolet range, they're not seeing what the original witness claimed to have seen because the original witness uh, must have uh, de facto seen something within uh, the the visual spectrum because mm-hmm. they saw it um, so you know where the apparition uh, appeared it appeared between you know as i said before about 380 nanometers and 710 nanometers uh, that's where it was so why are you looking at 800 nanometers or why are you looking at 300 nanometers because that's not where the witness so anything you get yeah, but that's those... where they hide steve that's yeah, where they go when, that, when they anything... can't be seen that's where they go see but anything you get uh, in those ranges mm-hmm. doesn't correlate with what the witness saw right i, I totally agree with you I and mean... also and also a lot of these um, full spectrum or extended spectrum cameras are producing a, uh, a distorted representation of, of what was there. No, yeah. no. Well, yeah. No person could see what that camera was seeing, and so the problem then comes down to the rock again. You recognise it as a rock when you see it in visible light, but you may not recognise it as a rock when it's doing when it's doing something weird uh, and fluorescing like a neon tube. So. Mm-hmm. The object that you're claiming at, as an anomaly may, in fact, be a completely normal thing within the scene, just responding differently at different wavelengths of light. Sure, sure. And uh, you know, the it irritates me because people just bend things around. I mean, I remember doing an investigation for a TV show that's coming up, and 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 be all. Fairness, we we didn't really get all that much out of there. And uh, next thing we know, they had another group came in. They, they told us there was a succubus there. And uh, but the reason why we didn't pick up this is according to them, not myself. Uh, the reason why we didn't pick anything up, of course, was because the succubus was hiding from us. See, so that's, you see, one of the other problems. Yeah, I mean that's that's, like... that's what we have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of the the thing. It's one of the explanations that's often thrown up at, at 
me when you know I, I've been to it, locations where others have investigated beforehand. I didn't find the same results. I didn't find anything uh, that was um, anomalous. And the explanation, the reason that was, you know, when I said, well, I didn't find anything. Ah, well, that's because we had a medium. Or that's because I'm psychic. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, well, I'll, you know, I've how had this with, info- with that, you know. How can, yeah, how, how can you? you can't prove. Yeah, you know, I've had this from the from uh, thermal imaging. You know, we were getting nothing. This group was claiming to have got all manner of weird stuff on thermal imaging. I could offer an explanation as to why they were getting it, but their explanation was because the person behind the camera operating the thermal camera was a psychic, because the person that was asking the asking the question uh, of the original, you know, on the recording of the electronic voice was a psychic. Mm-hmm. I can't compete with that. So, you know, there is always this, this uh, get-out-of-jail-free that can be used by, by people, um, you know, when, when you challenge them. And so in the last few years, the last five years, I've just given up challenging them. I mean, I don't, I don't bother anymore. There's no point anymore. Because normally people, if they, if they post on social media saying, hey, guys, what do you think of this? If you don't say, if you don't respond confirming or saying oh wow or yes that's absolutely what you said it was you end up in a horrible sort of bun fight uh, of name calling and people blocking and trolling and it just isn't worth it you know exactly. if you don't agree with them and it, you come down to well why did you ask in the first place <laughs> you already have decided what it is Right. You've already decided, you know, the idea of peer review means nothing to these people because peer reviews does sometimes imply and, criticism. And they, they don't really don't want peer review. They just no. want someone to agree with them. They want everybody to go, oh, wow, you're the best investigator. Yeah. In the I mean, we, we, there's, there's some film on the Internet, and uh, it's an astronaut who, who went to the, the moon. And this guy has been stalking him. And one of these conspiracy theories has said we never went to the moon. And uh, so the guy, the astronaut, uh, they went up to the astronaut in some public place and everything. And it's like harassing him. It's like, you know, swear on this Bible that, that you went to the oh, moon. Was, this the, it, was it what? Um, didn't he put the astronaut punch him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Decked him. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, this guy was a this guy was a war hero in the start. Never mind the astronaut thing. He was a war hero in the start. He called him a coward and a. Uh, it was Buzz Aldrin, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was Buzz Aldrin that flattened the guy. He just yeah. turned around and flattened him. Yeah. Uh, hats off to Buzz. But yeah. do you know what? These wackos. Uh, you were talking recently. We were laughing about the the flat earthers. It said that Australia flat earthers it doesn't it exist. Said Australia right? doesn't exist. Yeah? yeah, but there's a lot of flat earthers who say, forget the moon landings weren't real. The moon's not real. It's a it's a painting on the glass dome. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's like, come on. I mean, who the hell built this glass dome? That's great technology. Ah, no, no, they got the the, the answer. To that is God. Wait a minute. God built the glass dome. Yeah. It's in the Bible, apparently. Which you Bible? see, the vast majority of flat earthers are actually, um, you know, uh, creationists. Uh, whatever. Well, you see, the flat earth does support, you know, their... their uh, I mean, even the Catholic Church does not uh, rule out evolution, by the way. No, but these... these you know, but you've got... You, religion is a broad church. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
people quite literally take of it as they will. Exactly. It's like everything and else. So the firmament. Take what they have, want, and you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the sky is the sky is just the firmament with mm. little painted twinkly lights on it and a great big smiley moon. Yeah, crazy stuff. So it's not a case of the the man didn't land on the moon. They couldn't because there's no moon to land on. You know, it's simply amazing, too, because there are some people uh, that, you know, very famous people that believe in this this flat world stuff. And it, it, it just it shakes the crap out of me. I didn't ever pay attention to school or uh, it, we just. You know, you know what? I mean, this should have been put to death. You know, not then, but this. Idea... Columbus should have put it to death. <laughs> well, it oh, did. Magellan, no, Magellan, know, I guess. In, for the whole 20th century, the flat earth was just something you sniggered at. Nobody actually, but now, given social media, there are thousands of people who believe the world is flat. Yes. We're going backwards. It's the Dark Ages. Although, I mean, you know, back in the Dark Ages, everybody thought poltergeists were demons. Now you go on every television channel, they're demons again. Well, our producer is a demon because he's telling us we have to I go. Know. I know. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, tune in well, next week, week when, the, when the, girl, the girls take over the station for us and. Uh, Give us a night off. And uh, then after that, we will be off the air for two weeks because uh, Christmas falls on Tuesday and New Year's. So, anyways, thanks for listening. And uh, till then, good night and God bless. May your astronaut God go with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Flat, <laughs> flat world, whatever it is. <laughs> good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.